Hello, everyone. I have something so important and exciting to share with you. It is back by popular demand, the 21-Day Manifesting Challenge, and it begins on January the 1st, 2021. We are going to set some powerful intentions together to make sure that next year is going to be the best year ever. As part of the excitement, I have decided to do something a little crazy, and that is to give away one of my most popular courses, which is called Abundance by Design. This course is a six-module course. It's designed to dismantle your beliefs around abundance, what's blocking you, representing maybe letting go of your past, really activating the magic of the present, and embracing your future. This course is valued at over $2,000 and you get it absolutely free when you sign up as part of the 21-Day Manifesting Challenge and it's just $37. You are going to love it. So make sure you go to this website right now and sign up for all of the action. Go to sarahprout.com forward slash challenge and I hope that you join me. Welcome to the Sarah Prout Podcast. This show will help you to close the gap between intention to manifestation. So if you want to attract more abundance, more joy, more love, more wellness, or whatever it is that your heart desires, this is the show for you. Each week, I'll share with you an inspired interview, perhaps even a stream of consciousness, or tips and ideas and rituals to help you to get into the right frame of mind to live with more intention. So are you ready? Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. So today's episode, I felt inspired to record because I get a lot of questions about this from women and even some men that have been through similar situations to me in terms of leaving a toxic marriage or in my case, one that was riddled with mutual domestic violence. And so this is just a little bit of a trigger warning before we dive in today. These are quite in-depth themes and topics. And so if you have any sensitive audiences around, such as little kids, or you're going through something right now that's quite an emotional upheaval, maybe just sit this one out because I really want to express this from my heart. It's authentic. It might be confronting, but it's something that I need to share with you because I feel like this could be medicine for so many people that need this right now, especially leading up to the holidays and all of the emotional triggers and landmines that can sometimes happen when we spend time with our loved ones. So today I'm going to be talking about how I forgave my ex-husband. So let's dive in. Okay, so what I'm really talking about today is the inner work that I had to do to get to a space of forgiveness with my ex-husband and how it has really taken the best part of 10 years to get to where I am today. Now, I did this in probably the most visible way possible (laughs) with over 61 million people viewing my story. And I shared a little bit about this on my Abundance Masterclass recently where I had over 10,000 people register to join me to unblock all of their uh, ways of 
of viewing the law of attraction and how they can begin to magnetize their intentions. And you guys know me, or if you are new to the show, this might be a little bit of a shock, but I am very authentic when it comes to sharing my personal experiences. And I will be the first one to admit that I have made a lot of mistakes over the last 10 years, especially being quite in the the limelight when it comes to being vulnerable to teach other people. And so a position that I found myself in a couple of years ago now was one where I had to make the transition from victimhood to not only survivor, but somebody that took full ownership of my part in the story. So to explain this a little bit further, I want to take you back probably into a time machine. Let's look at it that way, where I was married for 10 years in a very difficult situation. It was violent. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat this, and I know that I gave you guys the warning, so I'm okay to say this now. So if you haven't if you haven't already switched off, this is the time to do it. Um, when I was 19 years old, I met a guy in an art gallery, actually, and we met and started dating, and he was a lot older than me. He is 12 years older than me. So there was a lot of interesting power dynamic dynamics at play, and my parents say that, you know, I, I left home to be with him because that was the easiest way out. You know, I left um, my parents who were taking care of me to be with a man that could pay the bills and all that kind of stuff. And it didn't happen like that. So I just want to clear that up right away. But I was seeking safety and I was seeking some kind of union, some kind of unconditional love that I was craving that I obviously couldn't give myself. And I was so young. I mean, my son is 19 now and, you know, I couldn't imagine if he got married to somebody that was 12 years older than him and had a, a stepchild to take care of. And that was my situation. And there were so many different things that unfolded along that journey. Uh, I got pregnant at 20. I ended up losing that baby at four months and I never grieved the loss because I didn't have the emotional support. I never spoke to my husband about that. And then I got married uh, the next year. So we got spiritually married first and then we got uh, legally married so we could all have the same last name. And by the time that time came around, I was pregnant again with Thomas, my 19-year-old son. And at four months, my ex-husband and I had an argument that resulted in me getting very badly assaulted. Uh, something that is still very difficult to talk about and something that I don't like to go into a lot of detail about because it was a very volatile time. And I've written about this in a little bit more greater detail in my book, Dear Universe. I won't go into that now. So I had this shame from being assaulted. Um, I had this shame from living in the dysfunction. And then two weeks after that initial assault, we got married. <laughs> I was married with bruises on my arms, a pregnant belly. I was 21 at this point and four months pregnant with my son. And I decided to go ahead with it because I didn't have, or I didn't believe I had any options. I didn't think I, you know, I didn't have an, an education. I didn't have a job. I didn't have any way to provide for myself and my son. And I was also a New Zealand citizen. Uh, I wasn't, I was living in Australia and I couldn't get welfare at that point in time. So I couldn't turn to my parents because they had their own problems going on. Their marriage was breaking down and it was, it was very difficult. Uh, and as the years progressed, um, it got even more difficult <laughs> and it, it is really hard to, to say this in chronological order because so much happens in 10 years. 
I was extremely unhappy and I had to find myself as a woman, as a grown up with a child and in a very dysfunctional marriage. And at 26, I had my daughter, Olivia. And just before I found out that I was pregnant with her, I was actually planning to leave. There were so many exit points during that time where I threatened to leave. I just didn't have the courage to do it. In fact, my ex-husband, you know, he'd be like, yeah, go on. I dare you. You wouldn't survive out there. So he was training me in a way to not feel confident enough to make that move, make that break where we both knew on some level that we just weren't right for each other. And I want to state also that there was love. There was a deep, unconditional love, but we just weren't compatible. We weren't friends. We didn't laugh very much. We hardly spent any time together. And when we did, it would either result in arguing or feeling like we just needed to be in our own corners. And that's not a way to live in a sacred partnership. And I know that now because I've been married to <laughs> my Sean for seven years now. We've been together for, it'll be 11 years next year. And so I know that there's a whole different way of being. I actually feel like I've lived two different lifetimes in one. And when um, I was still married in my first marriage, I used to plot my escape, you know, like I would fantasize about winning the lottery and then what I would do with that. And, you know, time just dragged by. Some years were good. Some months were good. Some days were good. And then others were just bad. You know, there were certain seasons that would happen where I would just feel unseen, unheard and unloved. And what I realized was that I was doing that to myself. I was unseen, unheard, and unloved. And I wasn't allowing myself, even, even if my ex-husband was the most attentive, present, patient man on the universe, <laughs> in the universe, I still wouldn't have been able to receive it because I had to do the inner work. And now I see that he was a very powerful teacher because we were so mean to each other. We were violent to each other. And it was a very difficult time to get through raising two children. He was the only income earner and I was studying. I was studying journalism at one point and psychology at another point. And he was always very supportive, but I was still the main caretaker for the kids. And for those of you out there that are full-time parents, you know that it's like the equivalent of having two full-time jobs taking care of kids because of all of the tasks that need to happen. So there was no space for me. And because there was no space for me, I didn't know who I was or what I wanted, but I did know at the core of my heart, at the core of my being that I was, and I'm still an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. I like, I'm an, I'm a hardcore entrepreneur. I love business ideas and launching and creating new products. And of course, teaching manifestation and helping people to manifest their best life. And this is such a beautiful full circle moment for me to be able to share this story of forgiveness and how this could potentially impact the blocks that you were experiencing in your life right now and how forgiveness can create so much space for growth and abundance and prosperity and productivity in ways that you couldn't imagine. So that's why I'm taking you back in my little time machine into some things that I haven't shared before publicly. And so 2009 rolled around and and I've, I've written about this before on blog posts and podcasts and in my books and um, I ended up having an affair. That was how I exited the marriage. It was now looking upon it a coward's way out. It is not a conscious way to dismantle a dysfunctional marriage but it's the way that I chose and so with that came again a lot of blame, a lot of shame similar to the violence and because that 
act in itself is a very bad act of violence to hurt somebody like that and to be so underhanded. But in my mind, I made it like I was entitled to break my ex-husband's heart or to blow up my life, my children's lives in that specific way. It's something that I'm not proud of. But at the time, I felt like I was living my best life. I was doing everything that I could on my own terms. It was like my path to freedom. Would I change anything if I could t- if I could turn the clock back? Absolutely not. Because what I learned, that was my training ground to be the person that I am today, to have that insight and wisdom to know that there is a better path if you are experiencing something that needs to change. So I had the affair. Um, and then if you want to see like the high level overview, very high level overview of so many skimmed uh, details and facts and ways of being, then check out the Goldcast video. I partnered with a company called Goldcast back in 2000 and it was early 2019 and um, they produce viral videos for, for celebrities and influencers and people that have empowering stories to share. And so when the opportunity arose for me to partner with them, I'm like, yes, I want to do this. This is something that I want to do, share my story of surviving 10 years of domestic violence. I want to share what happened, my story, and this is what happened. And it's something I could never have imagined. 61 million people watched the video. 61 million people. I couldn't believe it. That's more than the population of Hong Kong, China, uh, well, Hong Kong, uh, Sweden, and Australia combined. All those people watching me cry about my version of the story and how I perceived it. It was heavily edited. There were things that were missed out. And I gained uh, media attention. I was on the news. You know, so many different opportunities have arisen from that. So I'm not regretting that whatsoever. It was such an empowering experience to share my story that was then broken down into a six-minute narrative. And this was over two and a half hours of filming, filming very deep memories of what happened and how it happened. And then it was all pieced together and edited in a way that was a little bit disjointed. So it left a lot of room for people's assumptions, people's judgments, and then some unkind comments. But also, and this was a miracle that I didn't anticipate, people sharing their own stories of being in a domestically violent situation, how they had risen above abuse, how they had started again from scratch, pretty much like my story of how you know, after I left and after I was brave enough to be on my own, I was a single mother living on welfare. And so this was beautiful seeing other people that had been through it. I mean, this is not news to anybody that one in three women will experience some level of domestic violence in their lifetime or some level of abuse. These are shocking statistics. And I can see how it happens. And if I could share one piece of wisdom to anybody that has found themselves in that situation or is currently in one of those situations, just believe in yourself. Believe that you are worthy enough of setting boundaries and not blaming the other person for how you feel, but taking ownership of your own feelings. And I don't I don't take that lightly whatsoever. So let's just dart back a little bit, back in the time machine, if you will, back to 2009 when I was a single mother living on welfare, I had a Twitter profile with about 20,000 followers. I was just starting to teach manifestation and build a website and write blog articles and things like that. And I would say most of the content that I produced was 
harking back to the 10 years previously that was so tough and the reasons why my ex-husband was wrong and how I was hurt and how I had risen above it. But the truth is that I hadn't. I was rehashing old stories and still blaming him for how I was feeling. And meanwhile, I was raising my two children, Thomas and Olivia, and they were seeing this as, of course, a sense of empowerment because I was in survival mode doing what it takes to provide for my children because I never had any help. I had child support. Yes, I'm so grateful for that. I had government support when I needed it. And then when I started this business that I currently run, it was a turning point for me when I was really taking ownership of how I was sharing the story. And this didn't happen. So in the time machine, we're going to now fast forward to 2019 when the Goldcast video was was released and the growth that had to take place for me to be able to share this story right now from an amplified sense of authenticity and ownership. Because here's the thing, I was fudging it. <laughs> I was... Um, I was still finger pointing. I was still blaming. I was still making my ex-husband responsible for my life and how hard it was and how the the difficult journey um, was amazing, but, you know, it was difficult and he didn't show up and he hasn't been present. But the, the real truth is that it was me that wasn't being present with it. I wasn't slowing down to think of the impact that me sharing my story would have on my ex-husband. We had some healing to do. And of course, he lives in Australia and he was kind enough to give me permission to take Thomas and Olivia out of Australia to live in America, which was amazing. And then when he'd come over to visit, we would have discussions and I was still frosty. I was still putting up that wall. I was still having those expectations of thinking, well, why aren't you a better dad? Why don't you call more? Why don't you love them more? You know, but that's my expectations. That's my expectations. In his mind, he probably feels like he's the most present parent, father, loving person on the planet to his kids, okay? But it's just like, okay, I've got to not project that. And so with the Goldcast video, he came out probably around the same time or maybe within a few months of it being released, and it was embarrassing for him. I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to have an ex-partner share intimate details of a very unfortunate, sad situation that is broadcast to 61 million people. And so I had this moment of empathy and compassion for his perspective and how that would then impact our kids seeing that. Because, I mean, it's no news to the kids. They were there for the full, you know, well, not the full 10 years, uh, but, you know, seven years for Thomas. And it was tough for them to see their mother so upset, so unfulfilled. And when I had this shift in my mind of, oh my God, I'm, I'm not thinking about this from protecting the energy of my children, from protecting the energy of my ex-husband. And by the way, I don't owe him anything, but he's still a human being. He deserves that respect. I found myself diving into the comments and protecting him and defending him from a whole new place because people were jumping to assumptions. They were saying things like, you know, I hope this bastard is rotting in jail or I really hope he killed himself or, you know, where were her parents or this woman is so stupid. Why did she stick around for 10 years? They were making these conclusions of a 10-year journey together based on a six-minute narrative. And that got me thinking, in what ways in my own life am I, am I making judgments, assumptions and uh, assessments based on small snippets of information without seeing the full spectrum of possibilities. 
And then I thought to myself, what am I still carrying around with me that is toxic? What am I still carrying around with me that I just want to let go of to create more space in my life for goodness, right? So for those of you that are new to the show, part of my journey, especially in like when I was first married to Sean around seven years ago, I had five miscarriages in a row. I've had six in total, but the five miscarriages in a row was something that couldn't really be explained by the doctors. My body was just not able to carry these babies. They'd get to like nine or 10 weeks and then I'd have a miscarriage. Uh, you can go back to episode, the few episodes back of Manifesting a Rainbow Baby to get the full story on that. But what happened was I feel like something cellular was still with me even up until last year. This shame, this blame, it was sitting in, it felt like it was sitting heavily in my heart and in my cells in which I couldn't show up at full capacity to be there as a mother for my four children, as a wife to my husband, as a friend, as a daughter, as a sister, and all of the different roles that I have because I had this unclosed loop. And that unclosed loop was forgiveness, letting the past go. Because when you cannot let go of the past, and especially when you're like me and you're you're rehashing the same story over and over again, even though I'm not energetically attached to it or emotionally charged by it anymore, it still takes a toll. And so looking at the different areas of your life, and you don't have to be like me with 12,000 or not, I don't know where I got 12,000 from, 61 million eyeballs staring at you and watching you ugly cry (laughs) about something that happened over a decade ago, you can take charge now. It doesn't matter what it is. And here's the thing. It's not the person that's still got the hold on you. It's you that still has the hold on you and the forgiveness will set you free. doesn't mean you forget. I will not forget anything. I will never forget what has happened. And some of the things that have happened that were really bad, I have gotten to a place now that I can cherish them because they got me to where I am today. As cheesy as that sounds, it makes sense as pain turns into power. Pain can transform, it can alchemize, it can morph into power if you let it. And so the interesting thing is that my relationship with my ex-husband completely changed to a point where all wrongdoings were neutralized, where all blame was neutralized, where we can now get on a phone call and discuss the well-being of our kids and reminisce on old times that did work and also own the times that didn't, where we can have a little laugh about it. And I know this is a very serious issue and not everybody can get to the end of that tunnel. I understand that. And it's taken a lot of work on both of our parts to get there. But I forgave him and he forgave me. Because we realize that if we didn't do that, we're living our lives unfulfilled. And this is the key to untangling that emotional slinky, to unblocking those blocks, to allow more abundance, more prosperity, and most importantly, more meaning and connection into our lives. Because I'm not going to go my whole life hating this guy who beat me up when I'm pregnant. If I said, okay, this guy beat me up when I'm pregnant, and I know that's very triggering for some people. Deep breath if you need that right now. A big hug too. But I'm not going to carry that around with me for the rest of my life. I will not do it. I will not give that incident the power over me to change who I am and what I am in the process of creating. 
I feel like I'm doing some real-time healing work right now as I'm speaking these words too. So the first step of forgiveness is you don't have to build the bridge of communication and get on the phone with your abuser or whoever hurt you. But just know that forgiveness is possible and that it is really freeing. Uh, And just knowing that you have that capability within you to have that certainty. You can forgive. You don't have to forget. But you can make peace with what is because you cannot change the past. And that each painful thing that you went through has gotten you to where you are today as a survivor, as somebody that can thrive. Um, my ex-husband, let's just call him Max, because that's what I called him in my book, Dear Universe. <laughs> um, and I, this is this is really interesting because I'll be talking a lot more about this as my next book is coming out. And that tells more of the self-responsibility piece that I was guided to embody by my mentors. This was such a turning point for me when it was like, okay, shift the blame, take ownership. When you own your emotions, you can really create anything that you want to. It is so empowering. And that's why I'm so passionate about teaching people this in my 21 day manifesting challenge that begins on January the 1st. So if you want to join up for that, just as a little side note here, go to sarahprout.com forward slash challenge. I would love for you to join me. We've got people joining from all over the world. The last time we did this, 7,000 people signed up. And so this time I want it to be even more magnetic and vibrant and brilliant. And we're all going to be going through this together because that's the number one key when it comes to emotional healing, especially when it comes to forgiveness, is seeking the support of like-minded kindred spirits that you need. You deserve that. You are worthy of friendships, of rich relationships, right? It doesn't mean that you have to be best friends with the people that hurt you. It doesn't mean that you have to get on the phone with them anytime, right? Really? Like for me, this was a couple of weeks ago now, I was really worried about my son, Thomas, and I'm sure he'd be okay with me sharing this. I wouldn't share it otherwise. And I'm like, I haven't heard from Thomas. Have you heard from Thomas? And we talked to each other about the welfare of our child. And of course, he's a grown up kid right now, but he's just navigating life and he needs his biological dad as a mentor. And Max, let's call him Max, has done so much emotional work now that he is actually a very positive influence in Thomas's life to be that grounding point. And I didn't ever think that I could say that. And I'm pretty sure he he wouldn't think that I could be capable of the emotional work that I've done either. Because although you might see monster wife beater, you know, all that kind of stuff. On the other side of that was me. I would yell, I would scream, I was physically violent because I felt so unfulfilled. My physical violence really escalated in the final stages. And I had to I had to do the work. I had to heal. I had to forgive myself. And that's what I also want to remind you today that self-forgiveness is part of the self-responsibility. So this has been quite an intense episode today. It's like camping. It's intense. (laughs) That's a bad joke. I'm so sorry. Um, And I don't really want to make light of this very serious, very intense experience. But what I will say is that whatever season you are going through right now, whether it's a difficult relationship season or whether you are navigating who you are and how you can show up to a sacred relationship with a sense of self-responsibility, just know that it is possible to live in presence and in love and in forgiveness 
And I'll give you a very quick example just before I go in today's episode. About six weeks ago, I became aware of a pattern of communication that I had, even though it was very subtle. I would criticize Sean, my husband. I would say like little bitey quips or, you know, like say, oh, why didn't you put the toilet seat down? Or I was very sarcastic with my tone. I cut that out. I stopped doing it about six weeks ago. And just doing that, just becoming aware of how being critical, being judgmental or being negative with your spouse, with your beloved, with your significant other can slowly corrode the relationship. So what I wanted to do was take that power back, take ownership for the contributing words that would come out of my mouth to be strong in our union rather than create weaknesses. I don't want to do that. I don't want to put cracks in the foundation. I want to love. I want to show up with compassion. I also want to understand that not everything's going to be perfect, right? We're not robots. (laughs) We are human beings and that it's not always going to be smooth sailing. But when you can bring intention to the quality of the communication you have with your loved ones, then you bring meaning to your life. And that's what it's all about. Okay, once again, just a reminder that the 21-Day Manifesting Challenge begins on January the 1st. You will have access, if you sign up before Monday, to a $2,000 course that I'm giving away for free when you sign up to the challenge. So for more information and details, go to sarahprout.com forward slash challenge. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you like this episode, please rate and review it on the podcasting platform you are currently listening to. And until next time, be safe, live with joy and have some fun. All right. Lots of love and bye for now.